Hi, you're listening to Flying Sober. This is a podcast about cultivating relationships and sobriety and stepping into self-discovery through love, understanding, and exploration. The opportunity to learn about yourself through others starts now. Hello, 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 my lovely listeners. And I am sitting here with Andrea. Hello. Because <laughs> we're waiting on Jonathan to join us. But in the meantime, Andrea and I are going to break down step four for you. So what is the purpose behind step four? And let me paraphrase it. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. It is basically to begin to determine the root cause of our problems, identifying any weaknesses that may have contributed to our addiction, troubles, and understanding personal strength that can help support our journey to self-discovery. But first, let's go over the principles that we talked about. In step one, it's acceptance. In step two, it's hope. And in step three, it's faith. And in trusting that the universe has got your back. So, Andrea, what do you think about step three? Since you didn't record with us, I would love to hear your input before we dive into step four today. Okay, yeah. Um, for, for me, step three was, was the eye-opener. I think that was... I love how the steps are, are formulated exactly the way that they are. Have you seen that picture online that it's just like... You know, you see a big ladder and a lot of ladders have like big steps in between them and it's yeah. harder to reach. Yeah, I think that's a great analogy. I think step three was that little step that you needed to be a little more accepting and willing to just give everything. Step three is um, the willingness to open up the door. Yes. And just and just to say, hey, it's not my will anymore. I'm right. done. That's it. Uh, whatever is in control of this universe Let's put it in its hands. And, you know, this program was given to me, thank God. And I just let it let it rip. I was like, okay, let's do this. Let's go. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because, um, and I love how, how Jonathan talked about it in step three. He said how, you know, if you look at nature, it all goes with the flow. Mm-hmm. And human species, we are the only kind that goes against the grain. And to me, step three is giving up that control and letting the universe take care of it, you know, and not have to fight everything. And I think when you fight everything in your life, it doesn't turn out your way anyhow. Mm -hmm. So why not accept um, something greater than yourself, a faith, what I call a faith in God? But, you know, there's just the natural rhythm of the universe. And that is, you know, just to go with the flow. And that's that's step three to me, to open up that door to that faith. So let's dive into step four, you know. And when Jonathan comes in, he can jump right in. Um, So step four principle is courage. And why is it courage? Because the courage should dive into your layers of your life to get to the core of who you truly are, who your true self is, or who you always were. Um, But it was just so covered up by all the conditions in your life. Just like I said, you know, Johnson describing the natural rhythm in nature and how we seem to be the only species going against the grain. Have you ever thought about God being nature as in a Spinoza theory? Have you ever heard of the Spinoza theory? No. So it's something that 
I can't wait to mention that to uh, Jonathan. Someone just brought it up to me. It's some, he loves to quote Einstein. Actually, one of Einstein's major adopted philosophies were the Spinoza theory, where he states the natural universe is made of only one substance, which is infinite, self-caused, and eternal. He calls this substance God, or one with nature, what we mentioned in step three. In his book, Baruch Spinoza, that's his full name, he argues the way to blessedness or salvation for each person involves an expansion of the mind towards intuitive understanding of God or of the whole of nature and its laws. In step four... We learn to break down the barriers caused by illusions. And guess what else? Fear. Yeah. Fear, which is our biggest nemesis. Yeah. Leading us to a deeper level of consciousness to abide by these natural laws. Right? Yeah. You know, when I was rereading step four, it took me back to when I was a kid. And you know when your parent takes a toy away from you mm-hmm. and you're just going to complete tantrum? Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like i kind of done that in my adulthood. When I didn't get my way, I reacted badly. And I think a lot of people express themselves that way because this is how we are conditioned and we don't know how to process things. So we express them differently. And that is through addiction, codependency, sex, shopping, etc. Anything to relieve the tension. And I'm going to paraphrase from page 45 in the 12-step book. Our natural disposition is inclined to self-righteousness and grandiosity. Mm -hmm. Am I saying it right? Grandiosity. Grandiosity. (laughs) (laughs) And what stems from this justification in getting what you want? Dishonesty, excuses, holding a grudge, self-pity, unwanted pride. So it's not just us in alcoholism or any kind of an addiction. I I see that in lots of people. They turn into freaking little babies, you know? Yep. How they deal with things. They give you the silence treatment, for instance. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be immersed in addiction or anything else than to behave like a child. And I hate to say it, but most people do. They don't know how to, how to react to things or express themselves. But the thing that happens, and you read this in, in the 12 and 12, we're beating ourselves with a club of anger we had intended to use on someone else when we behave like this. Yeah. And we learned that we are seriously disturbed regardless of who or what we thought caused it. It never occurred to us that we needed to change ourselves. And that's what I love about the fourth step. It's not just like, what did, what did they do to you to hurt you? And it's not just a fourth step of like, you know, talking bad about everybody. It's just like, okay, how did it make you feel? And where was your part in it? And what's really cool and about... And how did you react and how did you express yeah, yourself? Because you, two wrongs don't make one right. You take ownership. And, you know, even women or men that have been raped... It's just like, but where was your part in it? It's, it's For me, in the beginning, it sounded like, you know, victim blaming or, you know, shaming the person who was assaulted. But again, you're taking, you're taking power back so you could learn from those lessons, whatever it may be, big or small. And again, in my fourth step, I saw a huge pattern in everything. And that's just what makes yeah. you grow. And we should explain to our listeners, when I first did the steps, I kind of did them very mechanically, you know, like a homework. But they all work 
they work so systematically for a reason, you know. And I'm going to explain to our listeners that the fourth steps are done in like four columns, I think. And the, the first column is, yeah. is, you know, who do you have resentment against? Mr. And, Brown. <laughs> and not just people. People, places, and things. Institutions. Let's yeah. say the, somebody was talking about the IRS. Oh, <laughs> Yesterday God. I had a resentment towards the IRS. I'm like, who doesn't have a resentment towards the, towards the IRS? <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. I mean, that's the truth. Yeah. So you have to look at that part. And then... Why do you have that resentment? What do they evoke in you to make you feel that way? Yeah. And like what we were talking about earlier, we were talking about resentment. We were Both of us were explaining how women have been programmed to think that they have to have some type of man in their life. That's a resentment. Yeah. Well, why can't he do what, what I want him to do? Why can't he love me a certain way? I mean, that right there, in, you're, you're, you're kind of setting yourself up. Yeah. Shooting your own foot by doing that because you can never... And then to me, the biggest part of resentment is controlling other people's behaviors. Oh, that's a big one. You know, yeah. like puppets. Like they're not our puppets. And... And expectations is the biggest one. That's the biggest pitfall to people, places, and things not falling your way. Just ruin Fall your Fall right into a resentment. Yeah. And, then and that, get angry mm-hmm. and start latching out and, and have that, you know, that, um, that tantrum that we talked about. Yeah. I'm going to get back at them. And you just think about it the whole day. You come back home to your family and you're just still thinking start about... start yelling at them for yeah. no reason. Yeah. You don't realize how many people you affect if you don't do that fourth step. If you don't acknowledge, hey, you know, maybe I should just calm down a little bit. What was your part? I took it too personal. I should just let this person go. And so the second column I would say is, what is it threatening in you? You know, is it your self-esteem? Is it your ego? Mm -hmm. Is it your, you know, and I wrote this down because I think it makes sense. Looking at your past and present, what situations have caused you anxiety, bitterness, frustrations, and depression? It's like that constant spiral. What's making you fall into that same, that same ditch, yeah. that same cycle over and over again? You've got to think about that. Yeah. What's going on with you? Like we were talking about with women, you know, that we were conditioned um, to be defined by relationships by a man. So... You may get involved with the same kind of guys who are not giving you that commitment that you're looking for, and you know, and you're and you're constantly in that same spiral, expecting, you know, different results. Yeah. Insanity again, you know, yeah. doing the same thing, expecting different results. So you have to really start looking at yourself, yeah. start pointing the fingers at yourself. What's going on that's causing that same anxiety, that same bitterness? Um, and like I said, for me, it's always been expectations. And that's where I've been at fault, because these expectations cause you to make unreasonable demands on people. Yeah, and that's a scary thing. You can't you can't control other people. And again, what you said about the universe and how you have to work with nature mm-hmm. when you go when you're going against nature, you feel so exhausted all the time. Remember yeah. that? I remember that feeling like it was yesterday. I just feel so exhausted. Because if we lean too heavily on people, they will sooner or later fail us. Oh, all the time. Yeah. And then we develop these hurt feelings and, and, and a desire to retaliate. You know, and I think that's the second column is to, to see it, how you react mm-hmm. to people, places, and things not falling your way. Mm-hmm. Again, going against the grain. Yes. <laughs> You know, that's really step four is really looking deep down, looking at all those layers um, 
of illusions that you created in your mind. And and it just constantly, what I like about it, about the fourth step is y- you finally have ownership towards your actions. And you see that you're human and you see that the other person's human. That's why it says it takes courage mm-hmm. to really examine, like, what's, what's really the cause of it. And why, you know? do, yeah, and why do I feel this way? How am I reacting the same way? And The lack of the ability to accept conditions you cannot change. Mm-hmm. So you need to alter your conduct and adjust yourself accordingly. And that's the hardest thing to do. It really is. I mean, I have so many situations in my life. I was just telling you I have the worst relationship with my brother. And I, every time I get back to, you know, talking with him and trying a new relationship with him, it always goes back to the same thing and being disappointed by his behavior and, and his abuse and his bullying. But the truth of the matter is it's really on me. Because I'm expecting him to change. It ain't going to fucking happen until he does it himself. But I will tell you, at some point, you need to make a decision. Is this acceptable to me? You know? Because, and it's funny, somebody was just telling me that. If you keep letting him back into your life, then it's on you. Maybe I need to do a fourth step. Let's do your fourth step. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so with your brother. Yeah. You're resentful at your brother, okay? Yes. Why are you angry? Because he's a bully. And he's very abusive with his words. Okay. And uh, he never pays stock to anything that goes on in my life. It always revolves around his needs and who, who, who he is and what's going on in his life. It's almost like I don't exist. And what does he threaten? He threatens my, my self-esteem. He, on many terms, he threatens my security. Your emotional security. My emotional security and my, my sanity. I whacked out sometimes when we have conversations. I completely lose it. Mm-hmm. You know one of those people when you're driving and you're, and you're beeping your car like crazy? That's, that's me in a conversation with him. Yeah. I'm just like the top of my lungs screaming and he won't let me talk. And, and, and it's just terrible. And this cycle has been going on forever and ever. Where were you to blame? I think it's the way I react. I react terrible. I'm not calm. I'm a complete, you know, this is a, a, a Jewish term, a mishugene. I turn into a complete, like, mental case. And my part is my expectations because I want it to be my way. Why can't it be my way? Why can't he just be considerate and nice and sweet? And it's my expectations and it's also my reaction. I learned in the program how to be more graceful and be more like a lady. It's the opposite. Hmm. If I was in front of people, I'd be embarrassed. Yeah. That's my part. My part is the way I react. And I, I do have to say that I react a little differently these days. You know? How so? I don't say hurtful things anymore. I retract from that, you know, because I, I don't think it helps. Right. So I suffer in silence. You know, but that's necessarily no, yeah. good either. That's a woman attribute. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be good wives, huh? Just keep it in. I love doing this with you. This is good. Okay, so does that constitute a good enough reason? We just did a fifth step together. Just admit it to me. Admit it to God tonight. Yeah. And, and you know, 
and then I, I'm sure our listeners are like, so now what happens now? Well, she's cured. That's it. She's we done. ask God to remove our fears and our illusions about the situation yeah. and redirect our thinking. I love that. And then be grateful for the experience. And Am I grateful for the experience? Hell no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it takes time. It takes time, people. <laughs> people think it's just like, that's it. She's cured. Yeah, so one is resentments and what does it threaten? And column three, where is our part in it? And turn it over, like turning a leaf. It sounds super easy. It does, but it's not. Like we just did it. Especially when people come with like 250 resentments. <laughs> yeah, that they've never done this. And, and you have to remember too, like for those that are not in the program that are listening, step four is... I've just realized it's a lot of people relapse off of it. Yeah. It takes courage to say, where was my fault in it? You can't live life resentful at everybody. Well, because it's easier to blame. That's just, it's, yeah. the, it's the quicker, easier way. You know, it's like the shortcut in life. Yeah. You can't take a shortcut in life. It's a survival instinct, too. Like if you see, you know, remember when we used to eat at restaurants? Remember back in the day that you were able to sit down and eat at a restaurant and you see a crying kid and misbehaving and you're, and you're thinking, I wouldn't be like that. You know, I would discipline that kid. I would. And again, it's an instinct in our DNA to compare ourselves to other and thinking that we will do better. Because we are trying to be better people. It's an instinct. It's weird. Yeah, it's a natural justification. But here we're kind of breaking that down and saying, "Uh uh-uh, they fucked up, but why did it affect you the way it did? You know, both of us will react differently. There it is. Our natural disposition is inclined to self-righteousness and grandiosity. Grandiosity, meaning, you know, I'm better. Like like the kids, I would beat that kid. He would never say a peep. I would be the best mother, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, you're like doing shots, you know, on the side of the bar and spinning at people's faces. Exactly. You're not looking at yourself. Or or getting into a, a rambling fight with one of your friends and no, 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 that's not bad, you know? And it's funny, like as adults that we kind of excuse our behavior. I mean, how many times have you seen like people fight in public? I've even done it. Like, and it's so embarrassing. It's worth 10 times worse than some kid throwing a tantrum over a toy. Again, because it's just so much easier to look at the other person yeah. to look at yourself. And that's why step four makes you look at your own actions. Like it makes you like, instead of you pointing the fingers, point at yourself. What have you done to make it better? How have you reacted to the situation? And there are some really sad situations, you know? Some people were brought up in an abusive family and, and they have experienced unspeakable horrors. But again, saying where was your part? It's not victim shaming. It's not, you know, how dare you, you know? I didn't ask for this. I'm glad you brought that up because that's, you see a lot of um, kids who have been abused in our childhood or sexually abused yeah. or mentally abused. And unfortunately, it follows the next generation where they do it to their kids and so on until the cycle ends. Step four is about changing that cycle. It's about about noticing that, wait a minute, I don't want to recreate the same thing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to keep going. And, you know, I, I'm sure you see things in your parents and I see things in, in my mom sometimes. Where I got to change that behavior. That's the biggest blessing. Notice it. All of us have, you know, dysfunctional families. All of us do. And, you know, some of us are fortunate enough to live with them and we can finally see it face to face. The things, you know, my grandmother, it's scary. She is like a mirror 
to me. She, you know, wow. that codependency, that staying silent, the silent treatment. And then I would do the same thing. I would blame everybody else. They're doing things wrong. Why can't they treat me better? This and this and that. Meeny, miny, mo. Yes. <laughs> the, the tit for time. I'll give you this, but you have to give me this back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, oh, it's, that's no way to live. And, and I love that I live with her so I could see it and be like, oh, my God, that's so me. That is me. So step four is basically getting the hamster out of the wheel. Breaking that generational cycle, breaking those toxic habits, and just finally saying, I'm free. And that's what the fifth step is. But you know, that um, workshop yesterday, that's exactly what they were talking about. What was the workshop about? Step four. No way. <laughs> that was crazy. And they were talking about that perpetual cycle that you have to notice it. You have to be awake. That's step four. And, and Rachel, like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you can agree with this. I did my fourth step. I'm good. You know, that's it. I'm healed. No, that's yeah. not how it works. I still, even after doing my fourth step, I still find myself doing things that I shouldn't be doing. And I feel like after you do that fourth step, there, there comes the step 10, promptly admit it, you know, and it's because we're trying to finally not do that fourth step again. Like I find myself in relationships and stuff, you know, I finally was talking to a guy and it was this ritual was the same exact pattern. He was, you know, I, how do I say this? I was better than him, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like I, I was out of his league and I always just try to go for guys that are, I don't know, like worse off than me so I could better them. And it's just so like, you can fix them. Yeah. yeah. Why do I, You're not the only one. Most women are like that. So they can feel superior and in control of things. If someone is better than you, then what, you got nothing to fix. But that's, that's you being broken. That's really what it means. If you got to fix someone else, there's something wrong with you too. And it's again, like, I feel like that's the fourth step that's right That's why there. me and you are going to eventually be in the right relationships because we're, we're just going to grow with that person. That's the kind of person I'm looking for now, not someone I have to fix. Yeah. I don't want them fixing me either. Like, I want to be as whole as I can be. Being whole means that you want to constantly grow. That's what whole means to me. It doesn't mean I'm perfect. It means that I see myself as imperfect and I want to grow. And so I wrote down step four in one little paragraph. Okay, let's hear it. You're going to love this. Let's hear it. First of all, we have to admit that we have defects. No, 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 not me. Yeah. This requires... Here it goes, in quotations, willingness. Mm. That's reverting back to step three. They're all tied together for a reason, right? Lack of acceptance in people, places, and things. Judging and wanting the outcome to be according to us. What does that mean? Meaning you want to change it according to you, like that guy that you were saying that you were dating. I want to fix him. I want to make him align with who I am. Yeah. I just want him to love me. But that's what it really means, that you're looking for self-love in someone else. And you want to bend the situation to work in your favor. I don't know. Give me another example. I had a resentment towards... Uh, Towards religion. I was in the Catholic religion okay. and, and I resented how it was so, you know, I was in school from pre-K till senior year of high school and it was just a lot of guilt and I didn't like that. And I resented the fact that like, you know, 
the priest in my parish, he came out as, you know, a sexual predator and, and all these things. And I resented that and I just hated religion. So how did you react? I hated religion altogether. I watched the Zygus, which was like, you know, saying, you know, all of this is fake. Religion isn't real. I went to the extreme of being super religious and devout to just this is all a sham. You know, it affected everything, you know, it, it, my ambitions. Because now you started bending it in your, to your beliefs. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, and I just was like, all of this is fake, you know, like everything that I held so dear. I think that's what happens when things don't align with our belief system. But it goes a lot deeper than that. You take it on on a much more personal level where you think they're doing it directly to you. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Like, you know, everybody's just living their lives and you think that, like, they, they do things to you because it's you. But in reality, that, that's what really affected me. It's just like, maybe, you know, the person that hurt me, that's just who they are because they went through shit. Yeah. They and have maybe recognizing, you know, great example, my brother, you know, mm-hmm. he's in his own crazy addiction. He's an overeater. And who knows what pain he's going through. Right. So... Maybe that's his expression towards me. And, and when you're in any kind of addiction, you, you immerse yourself in self-centeredness. Nobody else matters. Yes. You can't even, you're too blind to look at anything else. I was just talking to someone about that, like to some cashier. Yeah. I said, when people are not nice, it's because something's going on with them. Oh, and, yes. and it's really hard to find like sympathy for that, but you have to. And my my other point is get to the bottom of it mm-hmm. so that we can turn it over so we can understand it so step 4 is really about understanding you know people places and things and be more accepting of the situation um so you can turn it over and we were talking about what is it threatening your emotional well-being self-esteem financial security your pride we then you got to look at that you got to figure out how to bring that back up. You know, honestly, if they're threatening that... Yeah, exactly. And there's something to threaten. That means you yourself have an issue with your own uh, self-esteem. You yourself have an issue with your own pride. And obviously, that's something you got to work at and strengthen. Yeah, it, it was... It must have been pretty weak from the get-go. If exactly. somebody, going to, if somebody yeah. can actually hurt you, hurt your feelings, and there is something to hurt. Because honestly, yes. if you had a great self-esteem or if you were um, confident in yourself, it wouldn't matter what somebody would say to you. You'd right. be like, oh, fuck yourself. I don't care what he says. You know, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's so funny. So guess what? Jonathan just joined us. How's everybody doing today? <laughs> I know you ladies got this started without me, and I'm happy because you all took care of business before no, I got it was here. Like foreplay. <laughs> you know here. what they say: <laughs> women can do it better than themselves. They don't need men to help that, them. That is true. I will say that in my in my older age, <laughs> it's much faster and quicker, and you don't you know they'll moan and groan, and you don't have to explain anything. All right, all right. That's step six and seven. Let's stay into four. Okay. <laughs> So, guys, all good things must come to an end, but we will continue in the next episode with step four. And this time, we'll have Jonathan's input. Thank you so much. And with that said, stay healthy, stay safe. Till the next time we connect, check out our recovery resources on flying-sober.com. And you can also contribute as little as $1 if you liked our show.